0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Her on Top podcast, episode 5. Today we are going to discuss our first sexual experiences. In this episode, we reminisce on how we both lost our virginity, how our parents found out we were having sex for the first time, and how culture and religion have influenced these experiences. I'm also going to give a caution warning for this episode to anyone who knows us and does not want to know us this well. If you enjoy this podcast, please follow us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you find your podcasts. While you're there, we would love for you to leave us a review with a comment or question you would like us to discuss in one of our episodes. You can also follow us on Instagram at herontoppod. All right, let's get into it. Welcome, everyone, to episode five. How are you doing today, Alex? Today, I'm feeling
1: fantastic. I'm having a really good day. Um, It is our launch day of episode one today as we record episode five. So we're very excited about that. Um, I had a very uh, narcissistic gym experience today where I worked out and listened to yourself and myself (laughs) talk in my headphones as I worked out, which was an interestingly new experience for me. So that was fun. And happy 2024, everybody. We're to 2024.
0: Yeah. Happy 2024. I'm not sure if that's narcissistic or not. I also listened to our podcast just out of excitement that today is our launch day. And it's very exciting that our first episode is finally out there and we get to hopefully keep growing more people that want to listen to Us talk about sex and relationships. So I think that's really exciting. Yay. I'm so excited. (laughs) Yeah. And how are you doing? I'm doing well. This week has been busy, but also a little bit lighter as well, which I'm kind of just embracing because December was just crazy. As much as I wanted to take some time and just kind of breathe at moments in December. It was just kind of nonstop, um, both professionally and personally. So I'm excited that this week was a little bit lighter and that next week is kind of my week off to chill and, actually recuperate from the holidays. So,
1: I love that. You know, it's so funny. I started a new job in April with a different uh, company than I'd been with before. And it's really interesting. And we're hospitality industry. So we basically, once we get done with Christmas, because we actually host people for Christmas dinner, like our staff works on Thanksgiving. We work on Christmas. We're like a hotel. We're there all the time. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that we do though, is we close the day after Christmas day for about like, you know, a little bit over a week almost. And we close and give that time off to anybody. And some of our staff, if they do want to work, you know, and work remotely or come in and help take decorations down at the building, do stuff like that. We give that opportunity if you need and want the hours, but it just gives everyone a good like 10 days to themselves after Christmas has happened where you get to unwind. And I'm like, why doesn't every company have this? Like everywhere should actually have this in between Christmas and January. A little bit like a school. Like your employees have just busted their butt all of December to get everything done, like you said, personally, professionally for this holiday and for the close out of the year. Mm-hmm. We should give everyone a week off. I'm going to start vying for that as a normalcy thing because I loved it this year. So I am so glad you're taking next week
0: off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, mine is more for the fact that my husband works at Amazon. So, and he works in their distribution centers. So he doesn't get time off until after Christmas as well. So I would have loved to take that week between Christmas and new year's off, but he wants to wait until January. So next week is our week off to finally get some rest and relaxation. And, um, yeah, go have some fun, hopefully.
1: Yay! Yeah. All yeah. right. Okay. So with that, we're going into episode 5
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have a doozy for you guys today. We are going to be talking about our first sexual experiences and all the things that kind of went with that. So. I think I went first in our last episode and talking about my experiences with my first relationship. So do you want to go first in this episode? Let
1: me in the hot seat here. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All
0: right. Yeah. Let's see. So
1: yes, I will I am happy to go first. Um, okay. So
0: yeah. And these are first sexual experiences with another person. We've kind of already had some of our own first sexual experiences with ourselves and masturbation and things like that. So this is really first time having sexual experiences with another person.
1: I will say that goes straight into high school. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
1: now, I. Didn't actually lose my virginity until the very end of high school, like beginning, kind of going into um, my first year in college, is actually when that happened. But I mean, like, first other things and like experimenting with other
0: bits of like sexual play, definitely through high school. Um, Can I pause really quick and just ask you, what do you think about the term virginity? Because I think that's been something that at least in my realm of like therapy and talking about different terms like this, that we're trying to figure out if that's even something that we should still be saying. Yeah. Interesting.
1: Interesting. Um, you know, that I guess I haven't really taken the time yet to think about that word and what it means. I mean, to me, yet again, I, I don't know. Maybe this is also because we went to um, religious schools. I kind of like associate the word to almost kind of like a religious way of mm-hmm. looking at virginity. Like, I mean, obviously, yes, like you're meaning it that you have not had had sex yet, right? Or mm-hmm. I mean, and I think it also kind of culturally – I think the term virgin and virginity gets placed as a scale of value historically for women, right? Mm -hmm. So like for us, it was like, it's a valued thing to have this and to still be that, you know, and and the purity of that. Whereas the exact opposite is it's it's off-putting for men to hold Mm -hmm. on to their virginity, So I think that it's a really, really weird way that we've used this historically in, Mm. you know, the way that society functioned and moved forward. And people got Mm -hmm. married and built relationships with other, you know, families and different things like that to expand on land back in the day or wealth or whatever it might be. Like it was a bargaining chip. Like it to me – that's how I see that it's always been constructed. So it's really interesting you to ask because I, I, I think it's kind of a little BS-ish at this point. Like, I mm-hmm. I, I mean, I feel like we could almost kind of take it out of the vernacular yeah. and it would be totally fine and just say that like this person either... You've had X, Y, or Z different sexual experiences, whether right. they be like more types of different, like foreplays and, mm-hmm. and, or like oral sex or whatever it might be. But mm-hmm. getting away from the fact that.
0: Yeah. We like it, lost something that yes, we needed to hold on to and had some value. Um, yeah. Like it, yeah. it's
1: a hymen, guys. It's, it's literally just, a, it's, it's just a little sheet of tissue. It's all it is. Like, this is not like that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: it's, it, it's, it's,
1: well, been- and not
0: everyone has that whole hymen experience either that you can, you know, quote unquote, lose your hymen or break your hymen from like riding your bike or like this is falling off a playground right. apparatus or whatever. So uh-huh. not everyone has the whole, like, you know, it, pops Pository. or yeah. And it bleeds and whatnot. So
1: actually I'm friends with an 86 year old woman and she always loves to tell me that <laughs> the first time that she had sex, she doesn't even really remember it. So she doesn't understand this whole thing about, Oh my God, it's supposed to hurt and this and that. I barely remember it happening. So, so that just definitely tells you that. Yeah, it it is very different for every person who's going to experience it. Now, I will say, though, it was not fun. I didn't enjoy the first time I had sex by any means. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't think it was that enjoyable whatsoever. Like, I, it was pretty shitty. Um, and we're going to go really quintessentially uh, – I don't necessarily want to call it tra- – well, yeah, it's kind of trashy. Um, I lost my virginity in a car. Mm -hmm. so there's that yep in a car yeah Yeah. um not comfortable probably not not. enjoyable like the titanic makes it look way fucking better than it is like i will say that movie (laughs) james cameron great the hand sliding down the window filming and editing that scene because and maybe cars were also bigger in the back seat in that day. I, I it, it doesn't look like it, but maybe they were. I'm not really sure. But yeah, it it looked way better in the movie than than it is in in person. To actually, have sex in a car. That's kind of like nowadays with like shower sex. I'm like, why, why, why? Unless you have two or three shower heads in the shower, so no one's cold. Like it's that's
0: not fun. Like yeah, wet well, and cold. And water is not a lubricant.
1: Just no so people know
0: it's it, not it, no that.
1: good on you little That in case you're younger and you're not an older audience member listening to this yes water is not lube no mm-hmm. it will mm-hmm. never act as such so yeah yeah that won't do it um but yeah i i don't I didn't really have much of an attachment to my virginity. I didn't. It wasn't something that like I I really held on to or I really, really wanted to lose or anything. It just kind of for me was a right place, right time thing a little bit. Um, And also not. I mean, this is hard. So I guess I think throughout high school – I think I would have thought that I might have lost my virginity to somebody else that I ended up doing it to, um, which in my mind had it been this other person that would have made a lot more sense to me,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but it, 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 it wasn't. Mm -hmm. Um, so when I eventually did lose it, um, it kind of felt like checking off a box. Can I almost like – Yeah. Kind of was how it felt to me. Like I had just started – I was home for – I remember it. I was home for Thanksgiving from my first year at college and mm-hmm. with like our old group of like all of our high school friends and everybody like that and stuff. And that was when that happened with someone that I knew really, really well from high school. So it wasn't mm-hmm. a random person. It was someone I'm actually – I'm friends with. Um mm-hmm. That I kind of later in later years would kind of like go on to kind of off and on, go on dates with and hang out with when we were in the same place at the same time. Because we do just get along. Like he's a great guy. I'll say that. He's mm-hmm. an awesome guy. He's a nice guy. But I I mean, it at the time it happened, I – God, it's just such an unfortunate experience to look back at like now that I'm an adult and have good sex. I look back at it and I'm just like, god, that that was an interesting evening. Mm-hmm. Um but I I will say though the only part of me losing my virginity story that is mm-hmm. very interesting and kind of funny in my opinion
0: mm-hmm.
1: is I can't remember what happened but for some reason I didn't have like my car when I was home for that, like uh Thanksgiving weekend. Mm-hmm. I don't remember why I didn't have it, but I didn't. And my dad had like a rental of like a, a, a truck that that was what I, I I was driving at that point. Um, so it was not one of our vehicles that we owned. Mm-hmm. And the very interesting part of that whole story it was like a bear truck so it did have like a full like actual like back seat and all of that in there like it was like a four door like big big giant fucking truck um and uh well i actually i i definitely made a stain on the seat of that <laughs> truck that had to go back to a rental car facility so yeah, there was a oh, I'm sure
0: blood. that's not the first time that that's happened.
1: <laughs> it can't be. I mean, and I I you know, it uh, mine wasn't that bad. Mine was like a a little bit of of mm-hmm. blood. I mean, like it's not like I murdered someone in the truck and gave it back that way. Like <laughs> this was not a pulp fiction situation. I didn't blow someone's brains out in the backseat of the truck and be like, "Here you go, by the way. Don't mind the pieces of cranium that are all over it." Um, no. But I do think that's funny now that I look back at it. Though that I definitely uh, really stained the seat of that fabric, uh, yeah, truck seat um, when that happened. Um, and uh, I don't remember how I explained that when I got the truck back home. Like, mm-hmm. I, I honestly don't remember how I explained that. I d- definitely didn't explain it the way it happened, but <laughs> I don't remember how I said that happened. Like I probably said that someone was fiddling with something and like cut themselves in the backseat and like
0: mm-hmm. whatever.
1: I don't know what I said for that. But um, yeah, it was – it. It was just kind of felt like checking off a box and then like moving on and let's going. And the interesting thing I will say, because I wasn't in a relationship with the person that I lost my virginity to, I was friends with them, Mm -hmm. but we weren't in a relationship. So the interesting thing I find with me losing it is that when I did, I actually didn't have sex again for a really long time. Mm. Um, I just didn't. And not that it was like so bad or traumatic or anything like that, but just that – I I had a lot harder of a time in college just sleeping with, like, random people. Like, that was – I was in the Greek system. I was in a sorority when I was in college. I went to frat parties all the time and all different things like this. And that was a really just very common thing that, honestly, most people did. Like, it was Mm – there was nothing weird or abnormal about it. Like, that was very common. But for me, I just – it just never sat the same with me. Like I was not, I was never good at the casual sex thing. I just wasn't like it, it wasn't enjoyable for me. Like it was kind of just like take it or leave it. Like, you know, I, and I don't know, I think also at that time when all that was happening, you know, a lot of this shit is all alcohol induced. So Mm -hmm. to be honest, like, I don't think drunk sex is that great. Like, I mean, once in a while it can be really, really good and, like, really fun and stuff like that. Like, for sure. There there are definitely outliers when it can definitely be a good time, great time. But, like, when you don't know the person really and someone's intoxicated and it's like a one-off, like, I'm sorry. It's just not that great. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that comes down to, you know, you're not – you're not building a sexual relationship with that person. So since you're not actually doing that, really, I feel like in those kind of situations, one person gets off and it's the person with a dick, like, and that's Mm kind of what happens. And it's just not very good. And, you know, Mm -hmm. so, and I think that was also a really shitty part about when we were younger, that was like, that was a very constant, uh, Message around sex was that it was all surrounded, like sex and the end of sex and the success of sex was that a man ejaculated. And like that was that was the end cap of the event. That's the the, the band is closing the curtain. We're done. We've done our encore. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Thank you for coming to the show tonight. Like that was how. For so much of us growing up, that's how sex was approached was Mm -hmm. that that was the completion, the success rate, everything of it. And as that has changed a lot over, I would say like the past decade or, you know, two even, um, I just think that that opens a totally different realm of creating a healthy happy fun exciting sex life mm-hmm. with someone like that we've kind of talked about that in in other episodes we've had of these are all parts of a relationship so that means yeah. that when you're yes and and like i've said you know you you can have a one night stand different things like that right or mm-hmm. casual sex and some people like that and that's that's great i'm i'm not knocking on it at all But I do think there is something to be said for building a sexual relationship with another person and the different things you will get out of that versus it just being a one-off a little bit. Right. So my first time was very it was it was very socially and culturally normal i'll give it that like it was absolutely it I really was,
0: was i was going to normalize that for you that i think the majority of the clients that i see and the people that i've talked to it is a really normal experience especially the friend piece i think a lot of people have experiences where like you said it's it wasn't in the context of a relationship it was in the context of I was kind of just checking a box and it was with somebody that maybe I felt comfortable with to a yeah. certain extent or degree but not actually in the context of a relationship.
1: Yeah. So I I think that that was kind of how it all went and it didn't take it took me you know getting almost out of college cuz I didn't have a lot of relationships in college I just there wasn't I don't know. I think being in the Greek system and, and the some a lot of the types of guys that I was a- around didn't um, – they didn't do it for me. I guess I can say it that way. Like, I just wasn't intrigued enough to, like, want to be with you. And, like, the idea of casual stuff didn't really – interest me that much. Like I am not that kind of person. So mm-hmm. I was happier just being single and doing what I was kind of doing and, you know, would go on dates and different things and, and try. But it it wasn't until I, you know, really found somebody that I thought I was really, really intrigued by and really interested in and all of this stuff of the mental side of it that came into it, that's when my sex life, I think, really changed and got really different. And that was also through building a sexual relationship with another person and building this space together. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So I, I I think I had a very, very normal loss of virginity. If mm-hmm. I could go back and do it over, would I? Probably not. I don't really care enough. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't traumatic. It wasn't mm-hmm. bad. It wasn't anything. It was just kind of
0: meh. Yeah. Can I ask a question? Oh. You kind of already talked about the fact that um, you didn't really want to have a lot of different sexual experiences that were, you know, not in the context of a relationship in college. So do you feel like how that first sexual experience was impacted maybe how you felt about sex until, like you said, you got more into a, a relationship dynamic with somebody and it started to be more about building that with one person.
1: Yes. I think definitely that was a huge part of it. Um, th- I think that was a big part of it. And I also think the culture I was in of it being so normalized to just like take one girl home on a Friday night at that time in college and then take a different one home on Saturday night. And then next Thursday I'm bringing a different one home from the bar. And that was not who I was. Like, I at least had come into to knowing myself enough to know that's not me. I'm not that girl and that isn't going to – that's not going to do anything for me. Mm-hmm. And like in all honesty, if I'm good over here just by myself, mm-hmm. I don't really need you, it's fine. You you want to go do that, you do that. But I'm sure part of that definitely played a little bit into it where, yeah, it, it, it just didn't seem as appealing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So another question that I have for you would be, when did you either probably not tell your parents, but when do you think your parents started to become aware of you being sexually active in some shape or form?
1: Oh, that's very easy. That would be um, the year that I left college. Because that would be the year that I got into my first like really long-term like serious relationship Mm -hmm. with someone where they lived in a different city. We both lived in California, but they live in a different city. So I'd have to fly up there. They'd fly down here and stay. So like that was the first time where there was a guy definitively staying in my room, things like that, like came and spent a Thanksgiving with us like as my boyfriend, like Mm-hmm. That's when I think they they knew they knew the jig was up at that point for sure. <laughs> like there's no way they didn't know the jig was up at that point. Mm-hmm. Um there would have been no way to hide that whatsoever. Um so yeah. so yeah, so I think that's when they knew I never really talked, I've I've never really talked to them about it. Like I've had one or two conversations with my mom of certain things when something maybe didn't seem right or I didn't like or a situation got brought up that I thought might be a possibility and then it ended up that it it wasn't, something didn't happen, Mm -hmm. it's fine. But I really I love my mother and father, but I don't talk to as an adult, I do not talk to them about my sex life. I don't do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well and since you were an adult, my story is slightly different, but since you were an adult, there probably wasn't any like there's no concern. Birth control or like, Yes. Yeah.
1: There was none of that shit. It was very um yeah, it, it was, I was a grown a, adult at that point. So in, in my 20s. So there wasn't much to to be said for that. And I just have a very interesting relationship being the only child to my parents and a girl, mm-hmm. and us mm-hmm. not having the greatest like boundaries with everyone. Where it's like, you know, that's one boundary I can have is my sex life. And you two know literally everything else that happens in my life. So maybe that's the one thing you guys don't need to know, Mm -hmm. you know, but yeah. So that was when I think they, they really knew and Mm -hmm. there was no issue with it. I mean, no one liked him though. So there was that. (laughs) No one really told me that until a lot later. It's like, okay, well, that would have been helpful for me to know at the time maybe, but okay. Thank you guys.
0: Are you talking about the, person that you lost your virginity to or the person that you were in a long-term relationship? No, the person that I was in a
1: long-term relationship. No, the person that I lost my virginity to, my mom adores that kid. Yeah. Yeah. My mom adores that kid. Yeah.
0: Does she know that you lost your virginity to him? No, I don't think so. No.
1: Cause she, but she knows we dated like on and off later. Cause after I left California and moved back up to Washington, there was a point where he had moved back to Washington at the same time. And we would kind of do stuff together a lot and kind of were like, we would go on dates and do little things like that and stuff. And it was really fun. And Mm -hmm. she, she loved him for me at that point. She was like, this is a great difference from what you had before. Like I, Mm -hmm. he's great. So, yeah. So, and then I think that's the other nice part about, even though I lost my virginity in such a somewhat trashy way the way that that all went down. Um, I don't think
0: it's trashy. I think that's a pretty normal experience.
1: I think it's pretty normal for me. I think I find it a little trashy to be like we were drinking and you know just did it in the car. But no, very normal, very mm-hmm. normal. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: n- I I don't find it my most shining proud moment. I'll I'll say that. Mm-hmm. Um. But I I think the one piece of it where I've never regretted any bit of it or it being that person or anything is because that person is a good person and is someone that my family does like and and mm-hmm. approves of and knows, mm-hmm. knows. So I, that part of it for me, I think always makes it a lot easier
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah to not have any regret of it at all. Yeah. So with that... We would like to definitely – I'm going to now kind of pose the question back to you here of when did you start experimenting with sex with somebody else and how did that kind of go for you?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And we will get into that in just one moment.
0: Hello, beautiful listeners. This is Kayla, your host. As you know, I am also a licensed therapist and specialize in working with couples and individuals on all things, relationships and sex. If you are listening to this podcast are a Washington state resident and feel like you would benefit from having more of these conversations alone or with your partner in a therapeutic setting, I would be happy to help you create the relationship and sex life you deserve and desire. You can visit my website reclaiming stories, therapy.com. Learn more about my services and schedule your free 30 minute video consultation online for us to chat more and see if we are a good fit to help you work towards your goals. As always, thank you for listening. And now back to the show. All right, guys. So
1: we are back here and Kayla is going to kind of bring us through Mm -hmm. how that experience went for her and how she kind of lost her virginity
0: and what that was like for you. Yeah. So I'll start with my story. And then there's a few aspects of this that my therapist brain kind of wants to bring to the conversation too. So, um, If you guys have listened to our last episode about kind of our first relationships and what those were like, um, I had my first sexual experience in the context of my first relationship. And it was earlier than Alex's experience and earlier than maybe some people would think is deemed okay or, I don't know, I don't want to say appropriate, but... Just culturally a, acceptable. Culturally acceptable. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, so I was 15 and I was in, you know, my first ever relationship with a boyfriend that I stayed with for a year and a half, I believe. Um and so I did have kind of the opposite experience where this person was the first person that I kissed, was the first person that I did any type of physical. Sexual stuff with, and we built up to it over time. And so, I think for me, that was such a positive experience that I could explore all of this within the context of a relationship. Granted, it, you know, we were 15 and it was a high school relationship, but a relationship nonetheless. And so, I would also say that like our first time was not great, but I kind of love that it was not great because that's normal. Yeah. Most of the time it's not going to be great, especially when this is a totally new experience for both people. Um, and you know, it was awkward. It was, not that long, not, you know, no shame to the other person at all. (laughs) Just that that was a normal experience too, that it was just kind of like, we don't know what's happening and we're just trying to figure it out. Um, but yeah, I think it was nice that it was kind of like, well, you know, that was kind of a bust, but then we kept being able to explore it and develop it and grow it into something that was actually a really, you know, in my opinion, good sex life in our relationship. And I think it was cool to develop that over time with the same person. Um, A few aspects of this that I wanted to talk about first was the fact that, you know, for me, I lost my virginity in my own room, in my house that's very um, comfortable. It, it was very comfortable. Um, but I think that like you were saying, you lost it in a car. I think that's so normal because I think our culture is very uncomfortable with kids exploring sexuality within the context of their home.
1: Yes. We are and, not like Netherland countries where no. It's like, hey, you're going to do this. That is that is perfectly okay. It's a mm-hmm. normal, natural thing, but mm-hmm. we want you to be safe. Yeah. Like literally safe, like con- mm-hmm. protection, birth control, whatever. We want right. you to be – we would rather you be at home under our house mm-hmm. and we know you're okay than you going off to hide and do it. Like that's where yeah. it kind of brings the connotation, like you're saying, of where you're going off to hide.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not to say that there wasn't any of those moments in my oh, early sexual experiences either. <laughs> um I were would, younger. Yeah. I would kind of classify like from this point to probably when I went off to college as I know Alex has said many times how Kayla was the angel child, but I think it was in the normal realms of what teenagers do, but I think this was kind of my quote unquote like bad girl period where I definitely I started to explore sex and that that was kind of the one thing. I didn't drink alcohol, I didn't do drugs, I didn't like want to dabble with any of that. But I think boys were one thing that I really wanted to explore. And um, you know, I had this relationship and then I had some other relationships after that or people that I just had some sexual experiences with. Um, but yeah, I mean, there were definitely times where, like, there was some um, lying about where I was to my mom or sneaking out in the middle of the night to, yeah, go hop in the car of my boyfriend that was parked outside my house. Um, I forget so. that he drove before us, and this is not who you're thinking of. Oh, <gasps> never mind. Okay. Yeah. It was a different person. Okay. Um, yeah, and I actually got caught in that situation, but we won't go into that. Wait, <laughs> yeah, we,
1: no, that's a, that's a fun story. No, no, no. no. What no, year of high school not. was
0: this? Uh, You're a junior? I was either junior or senior. It was after okay. my first relationship. And you were dating somebody else? I was dating kind of. somebody else. It was the relationship I had after my first relationship. And. Yeah. that Snuck out. We were doing some stuff in the back of the car car, and my mom came outside and found me partially naked in the backseat of my boyfriend's car. What did you tell her you were doing? Well, she knew what I was doing. Oh, she knew you were going to get in his car. (laughs) No, she came outside while I was in the car
1: i know but like when you snuck out like did you oh you didn't tell her you were even going out of the house no it was the middle of the night she was asleep
0: oh but she must have heard me leave
1: or like open the door
0: yeah yeah oh man yeah yeah no so i was not a saint just to put that out there
1: no but just not as bad as i was
0: (laughs) it's all a level of scale yeah yeah. But in terms of like my first relationship and my first sexual experiences, I feel like they were honestly like the best that I could possibly ask for. Yeah, And, um, I mean, we also were teenagers, like we tried to find anywhere possible that we could have any type of sexual experiences with each other. Um, but I mean it's kind of fun to think about because I would never do some of the things that I did back then now, obviously. I mean, I'm married in a t- totally different situation now. Like, but go. example. Are you really gonna make me
1: <laughs> I just want to know? It just, it, it's fun, it's interesting. Like what's what's one thing?
0: Uh well, like going to I don't know, would you call it like th- probably like third base out in public, like in a public park?
1: Yeah. Ooh. Oh, I have a funny story of something like that from later, but okay. Yeah,
0: so I, I had
1: to say no to that one time too.
0: Oh no, I didn't say no. We like definitely did that on like a regular basis.
1: <laughs> oh Jesus Lord! Okay, so I was over by Deception Pass at one point after like coming back home from California and was hanging out with a friend of mine that night. And uh, this is kind of the one that I did off and on a little bit at that time period. And uh, we were, for anyone who, well, if you're not in Washington, you don't know Seattle or any of this area, but there's a place called Deception Pass way, way far up north out of the city. Um, And it's like a kind of like think like National Park kind of style thing, Mm -hmm. right? You know? Um, And I remember he wanted, like we we were going to do outside somehow a Deception Pass. I don't know Why? Mm-hmm. I, well, I mean, I do know why alcohol was involved in that minor amounts of alcohol that made that seem like a good idea. And I remember standing there and I was like, this is cold and weird and we're too fucking old for this. We're leaving. <laughs> Let's go. And we <laughs> we left um, and went to a normal like home, mm-hmm. right, um, for this. But that's really funny because I, I couldn't do it. I was like, this is too much. I can't do I Nope. I can't do it. Yeah. So, love
0: and hormones make you do <laughs> crazy things <laughs> i did see a
1: really really funny video just speaking on this this week um on instagram of this couple that i think they're philadelphia eagles fans and they were at a philadelphia eagles game and it was really funny because like the security at the stadium was like getting them out of the men's bathroom like this the stall right next to all like the urinals and shit <laughs> and like they're being escorted out her and the guy out of the stall and everyone's like clapping and the caption was like, like something akin to basically like dang we're in Philly like I'm surprised they actually went in the stall and they weren't just doing it on the side of the urinal <laughs> I was like yeah public bathroom is one that I got to draw a line at too like yeah no
0: nope. no that that's kind of gross. I knew one person but... who
1: did that at like Alderwood Mall when we were like in high school. Oh yeah, I'm sure like it's happened. the bathrooms
0: there and I'm like plenty of times. Like the
1: only bathroom I can honestly maybe imagine having sex in is like Nordstrom's bathroom cuz that's pretty nice, but like the, th- that's even pushing it for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm a lot pickier now. I, I, <laughs> now that we but, get 30, we get a lot pickier about where we yeah, like to have sex. Like, I need my comfy bed. Um,
1: Take me to the Four Seasons. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, but I think just in general, it set me up having sex within the context of a relationship to know, honestly, like what good sex felt like and yeah. that my pleasure was important and just that that was kind of what I always wanted it doesn't mean that I didn't have random sexual experiences with people yeah. but I think that kind of laid the groundwork for I know what I actually want and and like, and-, and yeah and you know one I was always gonna take control of my own pleasure and two you know eventually when I did find the right person like that was going to be a really important factor in choosing that person was do we have good sexual chemistry together 100 percent
1: I don't think you I don't know how people actually stay in relationships without it I yeah um I that one I I always wonder on that like how on earth you you manage to, mm-hmm. to do that for that many years. Um can I ask a yeah. question? Yes. Okay. So since you guys were basically like, you know, sophomores in high school, you're younger. Mm-hmm. Um how were you guys learning and like other than like trial and error? Like obviously I get mm-hmm. trial and error 100%. Like mm-hmm. there we go. But how were you guys, were you guys watching porn together and like trying to figure out like different things that you could do and like what you wanted to do? Like, cause so since that's so different from the way that mine was and I didn't have anything remotely close to like building a sexual relationship like that until, like I said, till Mm -hmm. I was out of college and like in my early twenties and in a relationship. And at that point also the other person was, you know, a decade older than I was. So had been Mm -hmm. having sex for a lot longer and you know, different things we could try and do whatever. Mm-hmm. But at 15, you you don't have all that time that's been had to do this thing. So how mm-hmm. were you guys developing that and like learning what you wanted?
0: I mean, I don't have a great recollection of this, so I don't oh. have like a great, you know, definitive answer. But um, I feel like it was kind of more self-study that again, going back to some of our earlier episodes, like I had kind of already done a lot of self-discovery in that yeah. area for myself. So I kind of already knew like what I wanted and needed. Okay, And so I think it was kind of trying to pair that with another he- person yeah. and figuring out, you know, how do we do this together? And like I said, we'd built up to this. So it wasn't just like this random experience. It was like, we'd kissed, we'd, you know, gone to, a- first base, second base, like all the things and explored those things first. So then it was kind of just like a natural progression to keep going. And I don't know if we had great communication around what we liked and didn't like. I think that we did, but, you know, I I don't know. I think we kind of just like figured it out th- probably through trial and error and talking about what we liked, what we didn't like, um, I think. I, I would imagine. Sense. That's probably what happened. Okay. Um, And, you know, we were also like cognizant of birth control and things like that. So I remember, you know, I think at one point he like went to Planned Parenthood and got like the free condoms and then like went to, you know, the drugstore together and bought condoms together. So that was something that, we were taking responsibility for, um, God, I feel which. oh, go ahead.
1: Oh no. I was going to say, I was, just had a funny story on, on condoms. God, it's so funny. I've different periods of my life. I've gone on and off birth control just because I have different little issues of, of things with my cycle and things like that. So I've gone off and on various times over the years. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, So I will still say I feel so bad for my current fiance when we started uh, dating and I was not on birth control at all. And I was like trying to re-figure out, like I didn't know if I – I didn't want a hormonal one. So I was looking into one called FEXI, and I was like doing all this research and all these other methodologies. But like I feel so bad for how much money we dumped into condoms in the beginning of that relationship. Like I just look at it and I'm like that is so – and they kind of suck and it just like –
0: Well, are you going to spend money on condoms? Are you going to spend money on you having to put, you know, substances into your body to change your hormones and all the things like.
1: True, 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 true. It's just when you brought up the going to Planned Parenthood to get free condoms that made me think about that and be like, I think we almost bought them at Costco in that time because it was easier.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, now it's like, yeah, you want to get the ones that you like. And yeah, if you can find them at Costco, for sure buy them at Costco.
1: (laughs) (laughs) TSA, everyone. Costco does sell condoms. They're a lot cheaper if you need them and use them
0: and want them. And you get a big box too. Huge box. Yeah.
1: Like I think we ended up finally actually throwing away what was left over because we're like, I don't know what we're doing with this and they're going to expire. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and I we're in a condom phase right now too because I don't want to go back on birth control, birth control and we tried another method of birth control that didn't work. So um we're we're using condoms right now and, and I don't feel bad about it at all. So
1: <laughs> I get you. I get you. That makes total sense to me. Actually yeah. I will say I have another really very, very quick tiny funny story of about condoms yet again because I don't know why I have so many anecdotes for this today. But another Instagram video I watched the other day that was super freaking funny of this. And I'm sure her and her husband are kind of like in a situation like you, where like you have children, you Mm -hmm. might be wanting to have more. Maybe one of you doesn't want to be on a hormonal birth control. So you're using condoms at this point, but you're married and you already have children, right? Well, her couple toddlers like found their condoms and like came out to the living room and like had them on their fingers like olives And they were like, "Look at these fun things we found!" And like her fucking face, this mom's just like, (laughs) "Oh, good God! Okay, yeah, this is definitely the day of the week that my children decided that our condoms are going to be turned into toddler toys. Great, this is a this is a good day in our household." I was just like, "Oh, girl, I feel for you. I'm sorry about that. Like, I, I don't even know where you go with that. Of like." I'm so glad you like this, but for the love of God, let's also maybe not put it in your mouth because that's a lot of chemicals, but you know,
0: great. Well, I think not shaming them is a really important thing, but then also like, let's just take these away for now. And We have other toys. Yeah, we have other toys. So, but on the birth control train, going back to my story, um, this kind of comes to how my mom found out about this because- I, did I tell her, I'm trying to remember now, like how this conversation came about. I distinctly remember we were in the car. I may have told her because I think I wanted to get on birth control since that was something that I felt like I should do at this point. You were trying to be safe Um, and smart. And so I know that we talked about how, you know, I lost my virginity in my house My mom is like really great on some of these things and also a little bit conservative on some of these things too. So she like let me be in the house with boyfriends, but I don't know if she thought that that's what we were doing or not. Because when I told her that I was sexually active, she was not super happy about it. And she was kind of freaking out a little bit about it. And I remember her calling Planned Parenthood and wanting oh, yeah. them to talk to me about it on how to be safe, because she was freaking out that I was probably going to like get pregnant or something. Um, so that was like, not the best reaction from her that I got. <laughs> but I, I understand, like, it's hard to hear that your teenage daughter, your 15 year old is like now having sex and needs birth control. So um, Connor and I talk about that all the time.
1: Now that we're like to our 30s and the point of having yeah. kids, like and things like that, where I'm like, you can't terrify her. Yeah. You can like push everyone away. And you're gonna have to recognize that she'll probably have sex. And it's like la 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 la. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, well, you know what? I'll just I'll I'll take one for the team on this one. I'll I'll yeah. do that if it if it's a girl. But okay, is it not? Can I ask you, this is an interesting one to me but on the topic of like your mom finding out you having sex, mm-hmm. everything like that, and you were a girl. Mm-hmm. It's very mentally differently constructed when you have a daughter who can't right. get pregnant right? versus right. a boy, which boys can get STDs, they can get STI. All yeah. kinds of things can happen to them too. Like mm-hmm. your dick could eventually fall off. I don't know. But <laughs> not really, but you know what I mean. Anyways... <laughs> But the way that people approach it so differently when mm-hmm. they have a son versus a daughter having sex is so interesting to me. So can mm-hmm. I ask you, do you have any like little, since we're having this conversation, do you have any little like things of like, of, and you guys, her, her son's going to be like two this mm-hmm. year. So we've got plenty of time for this. Like this ain't coming quick, but do you have any little bits of things that you kind of think about? for when your son gets to that point and like how you and your husband might like handle and deal with that.
0: Well, I don't know if we've talked about it together on how we are going to approach it. Although most parenting things tend to come from me first and then he kind of just follows what I want to do, but we'll have to have a conversation about it at some point. But I firmly believe, I mean, And I will say like coming from a parent's perspective, it's hard to even imagine him being that old and starting to have sex with other people. But I I mean, yeah, you guys are just getting close to potty training. So like we're way far off on meeting. I know. But even just like as a, like, this is my child that I created in my body and now you're going to go have sex with somebody like that's, you know, it's hard to think about, but I think me being the person that I am doing the work that I do and knowing what I know, it's really, really important one to have these conversations in little tiny chunks, even starting from really little. Like even at this point we're working on, you know, him learning body parts and eventually like, what does it mean for like me and daddy to touch your body versus somebody that you don't know? And you know, how do we create body awareness and who's okay to touch you and who's not okay to touch you and how to say no and things like that. So, um, you know, all these little building blocks to them learning about sex and sexuality, it really comes from having these small conversations throughout their childhood. Because when they're 15, 16, have raging hormones and are already wanting to explore these things, that should not be the first time that you are having a conversation with them about what sex is. They already know what sex is. They've learned it everywhere else. So like,
1: and, and right at that point, all they're doing is picking up what they can find that you're not explaining to them.
0: Right. And, you know, studies show that the more, information kids have over time, it actually creates the opposite effect that most people think that they will actually create, you know, a healthier relationship to sex and probably want to have sex later in life than if, you know, they don't really know anything and they want to go out and explore it because they don't know anything. And so they start exploring it a lot earlier and with less information on how to navigate all of that and probably are going to have a higher rate of negative experiences because of that. So, so true. I mean, I've watched documentaries on how different
1: countries approach, approach sex and it's fascinating mm-hmm. when you do it in the way that you're saying in small chunks starting younger of mm-hmm. and and we're not we're not being ridiculous here saying mm-hmm. that you give like a 3-year-old a full on like Seminar lecture of everything about sex. No, it's no, small it's little bits that are small appropriate little bits for age, them at appropriate. The age They're at exactly, but yeah. building on this part of them and mm-hmm. the way that other countries do that and people who the research has shown that there's less STDs, less STIs. Mm-hmm. There's less teen pregnancies when you do approach it from this way because yeah. it's coming from an educated, logical normal perspective. like Unlike what you said of what happens a lot, unfortunately, in our country, which is no one talks about it. And then kids go play with it. And like you said, negative experiences happen.
0: Right. Well, and this was a piece, we're getting low on time, so I don't know how long I can talk on this, but this was a piece that I wanted to bring into my experience too, because- Yeah. We, I don't think we're super inundated into purity culture. I think just in terms of like our society in general, we had kind of a puritanical view on sex anyway, but in terms of like actually being told, you know, you shouldn't have sex until marriage. I don't think we, you and I, I don't know what your experience actually, but I personally don't feel like I was preached to that a whole lot. Um, but... I do distinctively remember that at one point I was like, I think I had just turned 11. I went to this CYO basketball camp. So it was a Christian organization basketball camp. Um, And during the basketball camp, and now thinking back to it, I'm like, why? Why did they even bring this into this? It was like completely out of the blue that they did this, but they actually had to sign purity cards that what were- the fuck? Yeah, just like randomly, at like but one that night. Purity have to do with basketball, right? Right, I know. Excuse me. And so they had us sign these purity cards, and so you know, being like 10, 11, I was like, I don't know, I I didn't really know what to think of it. So for a while, did you? See I. It? Yeah. But I didn't know what it was. I like, it didn't mean anything to me at that point. It was just kind of like, okay, whatever. The adult told me to do this. So right. I guess I'll do it so I can keep keep playing in the game and do yeah. this thing. Yeah. Like I wish I oh knew how they actually implemented that into I why. would love to yeah, talk to the like, adult today who made that
1: decision and be like, where did, where and why? Right. You're just like, oh, by the way, before we get to noon for lunch, everybody, hang on, let's all sign our celibacy cards. I like, know what. The f- what I know what I would actually. I'm not going to lie to you. Now as an adult, if my child came home and told me that, I'd be, I'd be angry. I'd I would be, be calling. Livid. I would be calling them and saying,
0: w- what and why? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What
1: right do you have to bring that into? And and I also trying to be logical and understand that we did do like church based activities like this, right. where it was a Christian. I get that. I get that yep. there is like religion. This isn't like a public school thing where you're not allowed to talk about it. You can't bring it into anything. I know, I, but I, why I get that, But it makes no yeah. sense.
0: I know it was such a random context for that, but yeah. And I brought it home and I remember having it in like my bedside table drawer for the longest time. But again, There was something about it for me, probably to other kids that may have meant a whole different thing, and they might Mm -hmm. have hung on to that. But for me at the time, it was just like, I didn't know what I was signing. It was just kind of like, okay, sure. Like, I won't have sex till marriage. and But it didn't mean anything to me at the time. No, But I did preach that for a while, not preach it, but just say, you know, to my mom and I don't know if I told my dad or not, but I know I told my mom for a while when I was that young that, oh yeah, I'm not going to have sex until marriage. And so it was interesting when I started telling her that I was having sex at 15, she like kind of freaked out because she was like, well, you've always told me that you were going to wait until marriage. And I was just like, I think I said I, that because I think that was what I was supposed to say, exactly. but I didn't, I
1: didn't actually form that opinion. And that's very different if you fully form that opinion for yourself. And if like, I, I, I can't put myself in this person's shoes, but... If you see your virginity to you mm-hmm. as something that is, like, sacred and, and that mm-hmm. is what you believe, like, you're mm-hmm. entitled to your belief and you're entitled to do that the way that you want to do it. Mm-hmm. I just don't think, like, from what you're saying this story, that wasn't your own opinion. Mm-hmm. That was something that got shoved at you and right. you didn't have a reason to say no to it. like right there was no reason you were going to put up a fight over doing this, Yeah, but it also wasn't your 100% choice.
0: Yeah. So I know other people probably could have or probably did have different experiences with that, but I, I think I'm just thankful for myself that I just did not take it very seriously. And I changed my mind, obviously. Like I – grew up a few years and I was a teenager. I had hormones. I had a boyfriend and it didn't even occur to me that that was like something that I needed to like hold true to. And so it was really interesting for me, for my mom to like bring that back and feel like I, you know, like went back on my word somehow because I changed my mind. And I think that's something that I've experienced less so with my mom, a little bit more with my dad. But something to also keep in note to kind of your question before of kids are going to change their minds, who they are at one point in time is so not who they are going to be as adults are. You know, beliefs around things still change, but they may be more constant over time. But the difference between a 10, 11 year old to a 15 year old is so different. Huge. I like, it wasn't even in my realm of thinking that I needed to be saving myself for marriage when I was 15. So I just think that that's important for parents to remember too is that your kids are growing and changing so fast and so rapidly. And they're, ways of thinking and ways of believing are going to change over time and so trying to be okay with that I think is also really important because giving them you know a reaction of shame around the fact that like well you thought this when you were like eight years old and now you don't think it at like 15 16 that that's unrealistic is, is I'm sorry you're, you're, unrealistic
1: it doesn't yeah. make any bloody sense and and I I mean I also I'm not trying to not be sympathetic. I understand like when your child, like, and like you even said a little bit ago, like I carried this child, I birthed you, I helped make you like, yeah, th- th- you having sex with other people isn't really something I really want to think about right now or is right. making me that comfortable. But the whole thing to remember is just that that is something that eventually will definitely happen and I think the less that you try to shove someone in a a box of Mm -hmm. you have one way to look at this and that's kind of what it's going to be that's not it's a very fluid thing it's incredibly fluid like think how much our opinions is I mean like you said how much our opinions as adults change I've had opinions on things that I have fully changed my mind like that Mm -hmm. I was adamant on -hmm. Adamant, Mm -hmm. adamant. I was never going to get Botox. Never. It's it's a one off thing, (laughs) not related to this. But I was so for years, even when I met my fiance, so against it, so against it, so against it. Did enough research, listened to enough doctors, all kinds of things. I changed my mind. I changed my mind, and I'm entitled to do that. And I'm that's okay. Like Mm -hmm. I think when you do it willy nilly. Because you're following a trend or a group of people or something like that. I don't think that's that's not when you really value a change of opinion, right? It's just when it's to go with the flow or to be a part of a group or something like that. Like that Mm -hmm. to me isn't as valid. But the idea that I have educated myself in a different way from different people on a specific topic and Mm -hmm. I've come around to have a different way of looking at it. Mm -hmm. that's a hundred percent. Okay. And I think in this country sometimes, and just the way we've gotten over the the past decade, even like, yeah, you kind of get put in one box or another box and Mm -hmm. you either go with everything in that box or Mm -hmm. you move to the different box because, but but you, you can be in the middle with things and you can have that fluidity. We all do. So yeah. Yeah. Especially remembering
0: that for sexualities is is huge. It's huge. So that was kind of the antidote that I wanted to bring around my experience. But I think I love that in future um, episodes, we should definitely talk more about purity culture, because that's a really big aspect of the work that I do with a lot of my clients that a lot of us who are the age that we are went through the nineties purity culture, um, and you know, the really big, like abstinence purity movement. And so I think that has had a huge impact on our specific age group of how, we have come to like understand sex and a lot of especially women, men definitely included, but especially women have come to really like feel like sex is not for them, feel like it's gross, it's dirty, it's not something that we should be embracing for ourselves because of a lot of the rhetoric that was going on at that time that we were growing up. So um I feel so
1: bad. I, I just will say I feel so bad for
0: the women who who
1: really do think that. Like, I feel so bad. I'm like, do you know that it's basically like one of the most fun freaking games you could ever play (laughs) when you're actually like actively trying and doing a good job and like connecting with other people at like, or the person, whatever, you know, like you're basically taking the best board game that exists in the drawer and throwing it out and saying, nope, we ain't playing that. Mm -mm." And it's like, I feel so bad for you. You're missing out. You're really missing out, and that's not fair. Yeah.
0: Well, I think we need to have empathy for that. And 100%. I,
1: I yeah. Just, yeah. I feel bad it's, for them. And it's like, that's not fair that people indoctrinated you into that.
0: Yeah. We have no, it's super harmful. And as a sex therapist, like we believe that sex is a, fully like integrated part of who we are as people. And so Mm -hmm. it's kind of telling you that you have to separate a huge aspect of who you are just as a human being away from yourself. And it's really harmful. It's really, really harmful for a lot of people. And then obviously it's harmful for them when they come into relationships where typically their male partners have been taught the complete opposite of you know, what it means to be sexual, and have gotten praised for actually exploring their sexuality for most of their life. And then they come into a relationship where. One person feels like sex is really bad and gross and shouldn't be done and is only for the other person and a partner that genuinely most partners like really just, they want to connect with their partner. They want their partners to feel good in that experience. They want to feel like we can connect in this way. And then that's when they usually come to see me because they're at an impasse of like one person wants sex and the other person doesn't. So is
1: that hard to get through for people? is that hard to work through because it's so many years worth of different things that have kind of gotten piled on them into their way of thinking? Like, is that hard for when you have clients that are in a situation like that? Is it really hard for them to work through that to get to like a really healthy, positive outlook on it?
0: Yeah. I mean, I won't go too much into it because we should wrap up our episode, but, um, I mean, it it depends. It depends on the person and it depends on the degree that they were kind of indoctrinated into that. But yeah, it can be really, really hard. It can take, you know, kind of years of unlearning some of these things to get to a place where they feel comfortable to explore and experience sex in a healthy, you know, pleasurable way. Way. Um, But I mean, that's literally one of the biggest things that I work with and I think most of the sex therapy community works with. And um, my professor that I started learning about sex therapy from in the very beginning, that was kind of her passion project. And she's written a few books on the purity culture and how that's impacted our ability to feel okay and positive about sex. Um, That is really interesting. I think we, yeah,
1: I think hundred percent we will do an episode on that because I think that's very fascinating.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So if you are someone out there that is feeling that way, please know that there is hope for you and it's okay and normal. And a lot of people are, are experiencing the same thing of feeling like sex is not for them. And that's why I personally, but I think we both wanted to create this podcast was a place where sex And relationships are normalized because I think that's a big part of it too, is a lot of people are feeling like, you know, they just don't even know anything about sex or feel really uncomfortable talking about it because again, it was shamed and not talked about. So I really wanted to create a space where we can openly talk about it and create some normalcy around these things and you could listen and take it at your own pace and, enjoy us telling you all about our crazy experiences that we've had over our lives so far.
1: And also for kind of like you said to, for anyone like that, who, if someone is listening where you do have struggles like that with your partner, because you guys have, you know, approached this from very different lenses, please remember that there are people like Kayla out there who are so passionate in the way that she is with helping you through that to get you to a positive space that Mm
0: -hmm.
1: if that is how you feel, please just maybe, you know, do a little looking on the internet and look around and, you know, because, or even, you know what, here's another one. I'll, I'll throw you under the bus girl reach out to Kayla, get in our DMs, send us a message, anything. Like she, I know that she's an amazing resource of somebody who, if you're struggling with that, Mm -hmm. reach out. That's, that's what we're trying to open up here and do. And just let you guys remember that there are people in this realm of our life that are here to also support you. Like you can find a support for that as well. Like that does exist. You don't just have to like do it the way it's you've been doing it, and mm-hmm. be by yourself in it.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, with that, I think we're going to wrap up for today. Um, I think next time we could probably talk about kind of where we are now in our relationships. Maybe yeah. we can talk a little bit about how we met our current significant others, and um, you know what our current relationships are like with them. Yeah. If that's interesting to other people. Um, and And then I think, Oh, no, go go ahead, ahead, girl. I was just going to say, I think after that, you know, we can kind of decide in the next episode, how much we get through. And if we want to do another episode along with that, but I think once we kind of wrap up where we are, um, currently in our relationships, then we'll kind of be done in doing this, chronological order of History. our lives, of our lives, which I think has been so fun. I'm having so much fun really diving into a lot of my previous experiences. I think I've learned a lot just from recapping this, but- Um, I think after that, we'll go into a little bit more like topical episodes around certain aspects of sex and relationships that we can dive a little bit deeper into each time. And also really want your guys' feedback on things that you want us to talk about too, that we can get into as well.
1: Yes. So if we can be found on Instagram, at our website, there's multiple places you can find us. And yeah, just if, if there's a topic that anyone ever wants us to talk about, for an episode please shoot it our way and like Kayla said if you know if these couple episodes of like the background of us are a little boring for you we do believe believe me we we do understand that so if you kind of want to skip ahead too like after this next episode like Kayla said we'll kind of be getting into maybe a more specific topic that we'll kind of riff on for the episode and if that one interests you just just keep looking and start looking to see what topic might intrigue you and go Mm -hmm. for that one too. Like if if Mm -hmm. the first couple episodes aren't for you, that's okay. There will be an episode that is for you. So Mm -hmm. hang in there with us. We're, we're, we're getting it going.
0: Yes. Yes, absolutely. So as Alex was saying, follow us on Spotify, Apple podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts and please leave us a review with questions or comments you have for the show um, follow us on Instagram at her on top pod. Um, you can also find our website for our podcast at her dash on dash top.captivate.fm. And as always, we would just love for you to come back for our next episode. Yes, everyone.
1: Thank you so much. Have an amazing Friday and we will catch you next time.
0: We'll catch you next time. Take care.